This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode may contain spoilers from Akawar and Empire of Storms and does mention Soul of the Deep, Buffy, and the Wicked King. For full list, please see show notes. and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing Empire of Gold by S.A. Chakraborty. This is the conclusion of the Devabad trilogy. And Jessica Marie... You shared something with me when we got started. You shared with me that you cried here. Did you expect to do that? Not at all. I don't think anybody reads fantasy. Oh, that's all. okay. You do expect to cry with fantasy. I take that back. But I think it's the moments which I got like emotional and teared up because then when I told you that, you go, yep, you agreed. I go, oh, so this is a universal feeling. I thought I was just in my feels for today. Yeah, this this book uh, does kind of sneak up and get you in those moments. Uh, I know I personally cry towards the end of this book. I really enjoy this book. I love it so much. I'm so excited to talk about it. Uh, Jess, you also shared with me before we started recording that you did not see one of the big twists in this book. You said earlier that we all kind of chase the high you know, when we read a really good book, we chase the high and it, and it's hard uh, to read something that isn't, you know, like on par with um, something fantastic like this. Did you expect this to be as wonderful as it is? I expected it to be good because the first two books were good and we were so immersed. And I mean, even when um and it's been a while since we read this because we read the second book back in March and we recorded when I came out and saw you. So, and it was immediate, close the book, went into our offices or say, editor Sam's office, thank you, and just started recording. And this is just as fresh, um, except we're, we, we, we kind of got to talk about it beforehand, but it was all, the questions and where is it going? And you know, there's information there, but like, what does this mean that's going to unfold? And then here we get to the third book and you're like, okay, it's all going to unfold. We know this is a confirmed trilogy with a novella that we have learned that has like little parts of a beginning, middle and end of what's going on after book three and even before book one. So no, I don't think... It, I expected it to be good. I know you loved it. Um, and you've read this book how many times now? Because you had said that you had the first read, you had read them like back to back to back. So everything kind of blended together. Yes, everything did blend together when I read this last summer. I read them back to back to back. Uh, this particular book, I've read three and a half times. This 
for this recording, I read it uh, one and a half, which is standard for me um, for here. And I find that doing that half reread was very beneficial to me. One, uh, because I was so wrapped up in this book that I did not stop to take notes until chapter 12. <laughs> I started it and I was like doing stuff around the house and cleaning and like doing what I usually do when I do audiobooks. And then I looked up for air. I was like, oh my God, I'm in chapter 12. I need what, what just happened? So I started taking notes to chapter 12 and then, you know, came around and finished it back up. But it was surprising that I had to do that. Well, and I don't know if we'll, well, we will get into it, but I don't know was there something, because now that you're at three and a half reads, was there something that you picked up this read prepping for us to record that you didn't notice before? Or were things just more glaring in the direction that the book was going? Great question. I find that the half reread that I do, you know, that that point five that I do really helps sell the book for me personally, because a good book will spell out what's going to happen in the first few chapters. You just have to find it. And it's all there for us in the first. You do love that when you're like, oh, my God, it was in our face the entire, <laughs> entire time, <laughs> the whole time. It, it, and it is. It is. It's there. It's there the whole time. And mm -hmm. it's really fun. So, yes. And, and I think with that, we can kind of start with the prologue because the prologue is where we have um, this kind of full circle thing because uh, Maniza, Maniza is like in her memories, she's in her memories about killing, trying to kill Gasan and, you know, uh, her brother Rustam being beaten. But, 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 but the Ifrit are there. She's cutting a deal with the Ifrit to do blood magic in the prologue. I looked back on my notes and I just, and I haven't looked at the notes till I was getting ready for the episode. And one of the things I put was like, Ifrit want Nari as part of Maniza's deal. That was my note. I had completely forgotten about it. And then I was looking back, I go, it's, it's in the prologue. That is the <laughs> right out the gate. <laughs> Right out the gate, right out the gate. It's like you know, I want, I want your daughter. My note is the reveal, niece, <laughs> niece. I have it in brackets. Uh, it's, and she's like, I, I need magic, and I want people to never question. Uh, I never want to question people's loyalty again. Right? I have to fix the city, no matter the cost. This is all Maniza talking to the Efrit. I will give you Ifrit, uh, Nari's true name. We will cut a deal. Let's cut a deal right now to do the blood magic. Maniza is doing the blood magic before this book starts, like before this story starts in chapter one. Which is so funny because now, we, like, even if we're, we're jumping to the end real quick and the Ifrit come, come back, like, you made us a deal. You made us a promise, but like, you can't fulfill the promise because like, you're, just as tainted as we are with blood magic. But again, going back to the prologue, how I, I, she never made it a secret that she wasn't using blood magic. So why are we questioning the fact that she's still using it? 
and 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 the whole thing, right? So this this story is about like what absolute power corrupts absolutely. Like, isn't that kind of the the line here? And like, um, the the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Like that really sums up Maniza, I think, and uh, pretty well. But. Was it really good intentions? Like, it just always felt like it was revenge. Well, absolutely, because she debated (sighs) murdering a child in the desert and then ended up murdering her brother. Uh, She has been corrupt from, I'm not going to say the beginning. I'm not going to, that's not fair to Maniza, but, but she has been corrupt for a long time. It feels like the beginning, because when we get the flashback from Sodek, who gave it to Ollie, who gave the flashback to Nari, and we'll get here also, it was just like, she didn't like who her brother wound up having a baby with either. So it's, it seems like that is the infancy story. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, it's just, it is just crazy shit that is presented to us in the prologue, but we are slowly sucked back into this story with all of these characters starting in chapter one with nari that you're just like okay and and it gets put into the back of your mind and then as and then at the end you're like oh well damn well damn huh well and what what's one of the lines or not even a line but there's something that maniza references and she, it's specifically with the ring and she's i'm just like uh she's just a, she's not only upset that her daughter gave her quote unquote enemy the ring but she gave a man and i was like ooh we're getting to the backstory cuz the end of the second book we were like why doesn't she have the ring there's so many ways that this could be set up because nari should have this ring but we get a lot of i mean i say a lot of our answers we get all of our answers here in book three we do we get we get all of them so we start off with the prologue with maniza and the ifrit and um who is who are the ifrit who are these characters so the ifrits as a reminder and we have this on sa chakraborty's website we'll post in our show notes um they're devas who refused to submit to suleiman thousands of years ago and were subsequently cursed um we have eshma who's the leader of the ifrit there's uh visarish who is the ifrit who came uh for nari in cairo and then there's Kandisha, the Ifrit who enslaved and murder, dar- murdered Dara initially. Then we have a lot of our returning characters from the previous books. We have Nari, there's Dara, Ali, Zainab. Um, Ghassan is dead, but he's referenced a lot, which is really nice in this book because it's kind of like if you if it's been a while since you've been reading or he's come back, um, Gassan, like, you know that Gassan is dead and how he over, like, he over, he ruled Devabad and just like the relationships that he's had with everybody. There's Queen Hotset, who's no longer in Devabad because she was kind of banished when Gassan was there, but she's back in her home city. We have Muntadir is back. Kave is back. Um, for a hot second. Well, not for a hot second. He gets killed, but we'll get into that. And of course, Maniza is here also. And then we have some like supporting characters, but make such an important um place in the story. Like Mishmish is kind of like this griffin creature. We have Sodek, who is one of the Marids, um, specifically the Nile Marid. And, you know, he has kind of a strange tumultuous 
relationship with Ali because they kind of go back and forth of Sodek wants to save him, but then wants to go back to say, like, Ali needs to. It's very, they have a complicated relationship. To say the least, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> about about their relationship. Uh, and uh, did you mention Tiamat? No. Oh, my gosh. I did not. Or, or Faiza. There you go. There Thank are you. a lot of characters. Yeah. But only three POVs, correct? Yep. We're still in three POVs. And it's the same three POVs that we had from book two, which is Nari, Ali, and Dara. And we start off chapter one. Nari, uh, she has a memory of her childhood and a storyteller and how she gets thrown out of the orphanage and how uh, she could see sickness and she said strange things as a child. So we have Nari having uh, little glimpses of memories throughout the entire book until the very end where she gets all of her memories um, returned to her. Um, but, but holy shit. Ali and Nari are in Cairo. They're in a village, like kind of close to Cairo. The same village. It's the village that Nari and her mother were in, uh, that Maniza came to burn. And that's where Nari went into the river. Here's again. It's, it's presented to us <laughs> right here. Well, then even at the end of the book, she was like, when she finds out who her grandfather is, she's like, it's been you this whole time. You're right here. But but that's uh, a mark of a good storyteller and the mark of a good uh, writer that you are able to put all of this here and we read it the first time and we digest it, read it the second time and hit ourselves in the head with it. <laughs> um, so I love this this opening this opening scene. You can see it, right? They're they're like climbing out and they're like wet. They don't have their stuff like Cairo's in the distance. Ali is there. Um, my God. And Ali is basically in a coma. She's so it's not like they're climbing out together. Nari is doing this one woman show taking care of herself and Ali because basically what we knew from the end of the second book was that he was basically passed out. There's no magic. And she's just like, I'm saving you. I'm holding you too. And that's a, a reoccurring thing that she kind of always says to him. She's like, I'm holding you to your promise. I'm keeping you forever. Like you're under my, you're under, you're under my thumb forever, basically. And it starts off as this joke, but she's like, you know, it's just like always and forever. Here again, we are presented with the, with the thing <laughs> that happens later that is presented to us in chapter one. Um, cut it out of me, Nari. Cut it out of my heart. You can't cut it. You can't cut it out. That they have the whole conversation right here that they end up doing <laughs> later. Well, you know what I like about this? Cause it happens also, and, and we'll get to it. Uh, the, the brain surgery chapter where he goes, you, she goes, I don't have the skills. And even Ollie's like, you don't have the skills. You weren't taught this. And now all of a sudden, you know, you, you were scared to get a mouse out of a person. Now you, you're going to do brain surgery. And it's so funny because one of the things that we talked about in book two was how Nari's mentor is like, it's just in your blood. Oh my God. I just realized it's not in her blood because it's not Maniza. It's not Maniza. Oh, fuck. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I just like made the connection now. Um, but what I was going to say were, is even then in book two, Nari's like, 
I need more practice. This isn't just like something that's handed over and I'm supposed to know. And here we have in book three, I'm just like mind fucked right now with what I just couldn't make connect, what I just connected. Um, but she does the same thing. All that stuff that her mentor was telling her, oh, it's in your blood, it's in your blood. Now everybody's backtracking what they've been saying to her for the last six years of like, oh, you actually do need more times. And, and she's like, no shit, but we don't have more time. So here we are. My world is rocked right now. I'm sorry. And, and and here we are. And and we have the ring. This is the first instance of Ali being like, the ring wants you. I can feel it. Like, I can feel it calling to you. And this is where Nari's like, I cannot take it. I am Shafi. Like, Maniza said that it will kill me. I am Shafi. I cannot take it. Uh, and of course, you know, again, all of this presented to us on a fucking silver platter in, in chapter one. Um, but... She then uh, gets a shadow. The shadow shows up here and the shadow uh, with rainbow wings. And she's like, help me, help me, help me. And the shadow's like, mm, goodbye. <laughs> he just leaves. But again, right in front of us, why are you going to just go ahead and introduce a shadow to us? Because we didn't get it in book two just for it to, to leave. Yep. Just to leave. Just to leave. Uh, but then Nari does leave and she uh, builds a boat, and then she locates the women. She like hitches a ride, and they go to Jakob. Of course, they go to Jakob. Where else can Nari possibly go? Um, but Ali is full blooded Jin, and Jin in the human world are like you're not supposed to be able to see them. So people keep forgetting that Ali is there, and it's making everyone very kind of suspicious <laughs> of Nari. And she's like, "God damn it, like Ali, really." What was you had the, like the taxi driver and they're like, where did he come from? And then Yaakov is saying like, I, I thought I was hand- taking care of somebody, but now he's not there. And she goes, oh, it's, you know how your vision goes with old age. She hasn't seen this man in six years. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, vision makes sense. Well, and excellent because we have. Uh, Jess, you said six years. We have little indicators of time throughout this book. This book takes place in like two months. It's like a very like quick kind of uh, story. But um, when Ali and Nari get to Jakob, it has only been two days. Two days since Ghassan has died, since they've jumped through the lake, th- since everything. So like they get to Jakob and Nari explains what's like kind of going on. She explains kind of where she's been. Uh while also trying to be respectful of him and to not lie to him because Jakob is her only friend and she does really respect him. Um, but they need help. They desperately need help. And she does tell him the truth because she didn't want to lie. And he was like, LOL, okay. So if you think, okay, all of a sudden you're magic, even though you denied it. Sure, that really exists. I've just been spinning tales. So she was just like, well, I tried. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, peace. Uh, so that that's, I really like the time that Nari and Ali spend in Egypt. It kind of shows nari that she wants a life with ali because it is in i mean they're not here very long but it's in these days where she's like i could be happy with him here i could see a life with him here we could leave this all behind of course that's their big fight later um but it does start here with Jakob. um but then we're back to maniza and mutadir and oh my gosh maniza this whole prison torture kind of scene with maniza 
you know, she throws the, the puts the arrow into Mutadir's thigh and uses uh, Dara's sister Tamima's story to kind of be like, see what happened to his sister? That's what's going to happen to Zainab. And uh, it's, it, it just does begin to show the fissures between Dara and Maniza because they do fight after this. Right, but like they were already those those were already kind of getting laid in book two between them because Dara was already like, whoa, 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 I did not sign up to do this. And then she was like, yeah, 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 it's fine. It's fine. This is this is the other direction that we're going in. But then even with the confirmed poison spreading through, I mean, that was really sad. The description of just like how the poison was taken over all of Devabad. Um and Kaveh's like, Do you know, can you believe what this is this is happening? I thought it was gonna be selective. This is why I was on board. And Ka- and even Daro's like, oh I, he had he had he couldn't say anything because he knew it wasn't going to be selective. And he knew that Maniza knew it wasn't selective. That was the thing. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I did the spell and the spell went wrong, even though that's kind of how she painted it to Kave. Um but it was like, you know, and I know that that's that's not what this was. And Kaveh's like, oh, my gosh, like, this is the woman that I love. That's all he's thinking. He's so blinded with his rose-colored glasses because him and Maniza can, like, finally be with each other again. And what they want is to find out where Jamsha is because no one knows where Jamsha is. Of course, we know that Jamsha is in uh, the dungeons of Timitri. But she's like, where is he? Mutadir, where is he? Oh, oh. Okay, you tell me that you don't know who he is, and then su- suddenly, oh, suddenly... That was so... Like, that was a good call. I mean, when we were talking earlier about, like, lie better, like, this was that. He goes, I have no idea who you're talking about. And then when he they finally got a physical reaction out of Dara in reference to some a certain part, they're like, oh, that's an interesting reaction for somebody you don't know. Yeah, shocking, shocking. Okay, do with that. Uh, and then Maniz is like, okay, fine. You're going to talk. We'll talk. We, we will work this out. Uh, we can, we can work together to fix Devabad. This is kind of, Maniza is desperate. She doesn't know where the seal ring is. She doesn't know why magic is gone because magic is fucking gone. That is so important. So important. Oh, yeah. That right off the bat, we know magic is gone. Um, oh, and, and we're only in chapter two. Never mind. I'll, I'll reference it in a couple more chapters. <laughs> So nobody has any magic. Maniza can't heal anybody. It, everything is chaos. The city was like built on magic, by magic, for magic, all of it. It is like basically crumbling now. Everybody's fighting. Um, Protected it, by magic. Mm-hmm. Like no, humans didn't know its existence, which is where we go back to like Jakob saying, okay, sure, you're, you've trained to be a doctor in this magic city. Yep. And it is... Here, where uh, Dara and Maniza have the fight about, like, why the fuck did you bring up my sister? I mean, I was like, why the fuck did you say that you would betray all the Nahids for your sister? What the fuck is that? Because this is, again, her paranoia. I mean, obviously, that's not, like, a smart thing to say, but Dara is not a smart man. But uh, Maniza's paranoia about loyalty really starts to show its head here. Well, and that's where, yeah, because... He's starting to hide things from her. It's like a, it's the whole communication of it all. Whereas you see everybody else communicating. Well, even if they withheld information, they are getting stronger as they eventually communicate with each other. And whereas you can see that, I mean, it's the ultimate demise because 
they keep saying, well, you hid this from me. I'm going to hide this from you. And it goes back and forth, back and forth between Maniza and Dara. And then uh, something that was completely expected, that I completely expected, I don't know about you, uh, was that as soon as Ali wakes up, he uh, is awkward, stumbles around, doesn't know how to interact with anybody, uh, gets lost and confused, and then finds his way to the mosque and grounds himself in the mosque. I completely expected Ali to do that. That is completely in character. And then, of course, because he is a djinn and people can't really see him well, he's able to be there all day and to um, really ground himself, to process and think about his grief because he believes that Mutadir is dead, that Zainab is probably dead. Of course, uh, Ghassan is dead uh, and everything is just awful, really. Well, and, and things are happening so separately. So you have people in Devabad who think... Um, Ali is dead. They think Nari is dead. They're think like it's all the opposite. Whatever POV you're in, they're at this point in the book, they're thinking the other people are like, oh, what are we gonna do with our life? I can't believe all they died and I didn't get to say all the things I wanted to say to them. Yeah, it's 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 just wild. And then of course, like the grief that Ali has like stays with him until of course later, but it's it's here though, where he discovers that he can still use his water magic um, in the ablutions fountain, but that it hurts him when he does it and that he does not know how to leave this to lift the seal. Uh, it's just not something that he knows. Um, but then, but then uh, he was, but then Nari is waiting for Ali because of course, Ali always goes back to Nari. Nari always goes back to Ali. Um, Ali goes back to Nari. She's waiting for him out in front of the apothecary. She's like, I didn't know what to do. Like, you're you're dumb. Like, you don't know where you are. If I wasn't out here, you wouldn't find your way back. Like, shit. And this is the human world. So he hasn't been in a human world. And this is after he, like, he goes to the mosque. He's like, what do I need to do? He goes, she's better off without me. Like, he's just being a super martyr in his head. He's like, she's better off without me. And he goes, you know what? No. It's going to suck, but I'm taking that choice away from her from pushing me away. If she doesn't want me in her life, she has to make that choice. I can't take that choice away from her. So he's like, I'm here. I'm ready for you to push me away. And then she's like, oh, my God, you're here. And he's like, this this is not the reunion I was expecting. It's like, it's like, okay, okay. But then... I, I love this relationship between um, Nari and Ali because they do start talking and though it is stilted and they don't share everything, they do talk and they do share a little bit. This is also the part where they're like, I don't know why there's no magic. There's this. Like, I tried doing the magic. It hurts. And at the end of those chapters, she's like, oh, yeah. Like, and I remember there was something like if the ring leaves Devabad. But, and he's like... You couldn't have led with that. He's like, what? <laughs> that was an important point. We should have started off with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. He's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Because we were they were talking about how Nasreen knew uh, about the Nagasatom attack and how everything was going to be different and how Nasreen was in league with Maniza the whole time. And they're also talking about like, you know, I was happy in Devabad sometimes. Um, and then Ali is like, you know, it should have been me who died. Why couldn't I fight Dara? Of course, we know why he couldn't fight Dara. This is them walking by the Nile. And, and then Nari's finally like, no more secrets. I don't want any more secrets between us, but I do not want to hear any more fucking secrets right now. I am done. I'm going to bed. We are resting. We are chilling for a little bit. We're going to see if magic comes back, but fucking hell. Like She's like, boundaries. We're, I'm cutting it off today. <laughs> yeah, she's like, done. Done. Which is excellent um, because Devabod is in chaos. Um, Dara... Conjuring a shadow again, we have another shadow um, to deliver all of Maniza's messages. Like, damn, how did he? Uh, uh, it, this man doesn't start to think for himself for a while, but I just wonder, how did he think this was going to go? Uh, well, it's so interesting because this is the part where they're giving the demands. This is what Maniza wants. Um, and part of the demands is like an, you know, basically like a warrant out for Nari. We need her back. She's been poisoned. Her mind, like all this stuff. And he's telling the people that Ali is a Marid and everybody. And he's like, you, we need all you people to help us. And all the people are like, is, is this like a, do we have a choice? Do we have to? And even, and even Dara has to stop and think for a second. He goes, like, I can't believe they're questioning me. Why wouldn't they think it's a choice? I'm like, look how everything is unfolding. Of course. And then when people are like, thanks, but no thanks. So they, they're ready to dip. And he can't, he, as in Dara, can't wrap his mind around the fact that people don't want to stay. He's like, what do you mean they all want to leave? Yeah. He's like, what, what? What? Like, I mean, like, oh man, this may the fires is... burn brightly for you. Of course, you can leave this ship, but damn, like, okay, okay. We, yeah, and it's the whole, we did this all for you. And they're like, we didn't ask for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the people shoot at him, obviously, while they, they're using human weapons. So the Gaziris and the Shafi are shooting at Dara when he's delivering these messages. And then the, like, mixed travelers that are there, he he conjures all of those boats. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. BT dubs, though, no one can leave Devabad. Like, Maniza is like, no, no, there's no information getting out, except what she wants, which is, um, Ali did this. Ali, he kidnapped Nari. Like, this, he's the enemy. Uh, you know, uh, but, but, you know, Jamshit, Jamshit though. We can get Jamshit and, and, you know, all of you are going to go and you're all going to look for Jamshit and you're all going to come back. This is the part that was absolutely insane to me. It's like, you're all going to go. Go back to your homelands. You're going to all look for Jamshit. You're going to establish a government. Okay. And then you're all going to come back. Okay. With tribute. Sure. <laughs> and, and bow at the feet of Maniza. Like, what? What? So if Dara had been using his brain, he would have been like, this is nuts. The fact that he, that, the fact that this is the part 
that happens and he's still not questioning anything. Like this is only chapter seven. And, and sorry, not, I like I, I tried to mile mark where I was reading. And not only does he not question anything, but when the ice starts to take over, which we know is the Perrys and the Perrys are coming and uh, everything freezes over and Dar's like, fuck you, Perrys. Like, you know, I'll the quote is I'll set fire to the skies. I'll burn the wind. It's like. Okay, take a step back, my guy. Why, why do you think the peop- the the race that never interferes, that has all of these rules, why do you think they are interfering now? Use your brain, sir. But he he you know he won't. He will just yell at the sky. He will yell at the sky <laughs> like like a good man. Nobody said he was a smart man. <laughs> He's not a smart man, uh, you know. But he he does. Uh, make a joke about that later. He's like, well, I guess I shouldn't have said that. Very fun. Very fun. Um, back to Nari. Nari is running. She's running to the river with Duria. This is her mother. Uh, this is where we have our first kind of inkling to Sobek. Uh, she's like, you promised. Uh, and the village is burning behind her. Of course, we know that's Maniza coming after her, uh, murdering an entire village to go after Duria and her baby. Um, but Duria is killed in this attack and Sobek, uh, wipes Nari's memories and, uh, takes Nari away. And this is all very fun, especially on a reread because you're like, oh, oh, okay. Especially when you know that Duria is Nari's mother, because because yeah. you're like, oh, because you think I don't know about you, I don't know about you, but until the like Duria was spoken, I was like, oh, this is Maniza. Yes, that's what I thought. I thought like Maniza because we have like Banu Nahid, um, Nari, Banu Nahid, Maniza. I thought that maybe Maniza was like this name that she kind of gave herself kind of like Nari is a name that she essentially, and again, this is kind of like full circle at the end of this book. She was like, who I was named and who I am. Like, this is who I am as a person. Um, So I absolutely thought they were one and the same. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. So I guess that is another like little, a little twist, I guess. And I also, I think it took this book to realize that she was like, a young she nari was young toddler age because yeah. she really couldn't speak i was thinking like you know we know of like a little girl little child little infant almost like a moses baby but like she was on the back of sobek and never you know and again with the flashbacks you're like oh my god get her away from the crocodile um but you're like no <laughs> sobek was literally saving her life yeah yeah so uh, she says she's like uh, four or five or six, she didn't know she had a hard time speaking because she could understand all languages. She got confused. Uh, this is just as you alluded to earlier. This is the brain surgery <laughs> chapter. Uh, how did you feel about this brain surgery chapter? Uh, reading the descriptions and like you read this through audio right Mm -hmm. i read through audio except for like the last 20 percent. i co-read with audio and the book um and it's much different hearing it than watching medical dramas and i'll watch a medical drama but hearing it and they're like oh and the the pinkish yellow pulsating of the brain and i was like what is happening (laughs) 
Absolutely. And you don't watch medical dramas either. No, I don't like medical dramas. I don't like specifically uh, the shot that always happens of the scalpel on the skin Mm, with the the line of blood afterwards. I cannot stand that shot, so I don't watch medical dramas. Uh, But... Um, I remember an episode of Bones where they caught one of the killers because of the cancerous bone dust that was in the vents because the man was using a bone saw. So uh, this brain surgery of using the bone drill and the descriptions of the chalky smell of the bone dust, I was like, ah, I have a reference for this. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very specific episode, too. Like, that's it's the one stuck that, with it, me. It's stuck clearly. with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I guess that's like a thing. Like you can trace because he, he had the rare cancer because of him ingesting the cancerous bone dust. So and that he was a murderer. So then they found out because he went for treatment and it was rare. It's a good episode. That's a good show. That's a good show, Bones. <laughs> but but um, I like this surgery, though, because it it goes from Jakob being like, Nari, don't do this. Nari, my reputation. Nari, they're going to kill us. To Nari, be my apprentice. Nari, take over my shop. Nari, you deserve to be here. You are a doctor. Make a life here. Oh, and here are my tools. My family tools have them. Yeah. I thought it was really sweet, and I think I think you see where their relationship is. They haven't seen again. They have not seen each other in all this time, and they quite literally picked up where they left off because they're there has to, you're you're performing brain surgery in my practice. There has to be a level of trust there. Yeah, there has to be. I mean, she did it like right on the table. And of course, she fucking nailed it as she did. Nari's amazing. Uh, she did the procedure perfectly. But in the family, they were like, can't you just like wave your hand and like fix it? Like, <laughs> they that's were, like, what you used to do. She's like, yeah, that's what I used to do when like magic existed. But say psych. Yeah, it's like, mm, mm. Uh, so this, this is, this is really nice. This is when, uh, Nari does, um, really start to think about staying in Cairo um, when Jakob says, like, take over the shop. This is when it's really kind of settling, like, like I could do it, especially when she takes Ali to the market the next day. And Ali is like fucking loves everything. and He's touching everything. He's like, how does this work? He's like the toy chickens and the sword. She's like, not that if you if we lost time looking at those chickens for like 40 minutes, if I see you play with these swords, it's gonna I, I'm I'm never seeing you again. But Ollie's also having the internal dialogue of how happy he is. See, like how he is watching and admiring Nari from afar and seeing her in her element and seeing how happy she is. And he's like, oh, my God, I've never seen her this way in in Devabad ever. ever. And he goes, I'm missing my city. Is this what Nari has felt like for the last, again, there's always an emphasis on the timeline, which is, which is really nice because it also, you're reminded that 
she wasn't just like gone and there for a couple or like there was a different sense of, oh, here's the human timeline and here's the Devabot timeline. It is six years. Like you can't work your way around that. And that's also referenced with Jakob. So he goes, I can't imagine feeling like this. And look, look at, look at how happy. Why wouldn't I want her to keep that? Yeah. And, you know, Ali gets swindled at the bookshop. Very fun. We love, we love, we love it. And he doesn't want to admit it. He's like embarrassed about it. He's like, oh, Same. damn. He took that real fast. Hmm. I overpaid. Uh, but what he's doing is he's buying maps because, uh, Nari just casually mentions that the Nile goes really fucking far and it might be able to connect to Dimitri. And he's like, hey, my mom lives there. <laughs> light bulb i could go to my mom shocking men uh but after they have the, this little thing they have a fight on the rooftop and this fight on the rooftop i really kind of empathize with nari about too because she's being vulnerable because she she's pitching she's pitching her like the life to to ali and ali just like slaps it down he, and he slaps it down, but he's trying to be nice about it. But he's just like, no, no. I feel bad for her. I really feel bad for her because it is literally her Cairo life is on a silver platter. Because at first he was like, how? Because he's, he's, see, Ali is smart. He's not Dara. He's like, wait, she's talking about things about the future. How is she going to do? Oh, she's worked everything out. And that's where... He's like, you have everything figured out. It's just, you feel bad. And the thing that she says to him, where she's like, I'm glad I gave you the right, like when they were, you know, she's like, ooh, even then I went too far. Maybe I went too far with saying that. As somebody with a sharp tongue, I've been known to say things that I'm like, ooh, I should, I say it because I know it'll hurt the other person, not because I, I, <laughs> feel that way and i feel like even then she was like "Ooh, i took it too far when she said that comment and they just like they took a breather they were not talking at the end of that chapter oh my god yeah no uh nari ends up going to the czar where everything happened and then she goes back to the cemetery um but ali ali says like nari we have a fucking duty we have to go back we have a responsibility and nari is just like we could be happy though and it also feels like, I feel like she's like, there's no magic. How are we going to get back? Why are we focusing and worrying about this thing that we don't have a connection to? That is a different part of our life. That is not our life anymore because it doesn't exist. We can't physically get back there. So why focus on something we, that can't be fixed? Or so they think right then. Yeah, but... But after they have their breather, after everything kind of like settles down, Nari goes back. Yakov and Ali now are standing outside <laughs> waiting for Nari. And they're just like, oh, my God, you're a woman walking alone at night. You're bad for the nerves. Like, holy shit, we're out here just like so worried about you. Um, and Nari is just like, fuck you guys. We need to buy a boat. Damn it. And then it's the whole like. This is so much bigger than us mentality that they were like, like you said, they need to they have to figure their shit out. And she's like, I don't want to like. And then, you know, even I feel like Ali even has that like, oh, but what about like the life that you wanted to hear about Cairo? Like that obligatory comment that he had to make. And she's like, no, no. Yeah, it's like abs absolutely not. Uh, moving 
on, we have Dar's chapter. Dar's chapter gives us a new time point. Uh, it gives us two weeks. It is two weeks now since Ghassan has died, since Maniza has taken over. Nobody has surrendered after Dara's messages. There aren't enough soldiers. Um, Maniza is arguing with Cartier and the priesthood. Um, Cartier is like, you know, you have taken over the city. It's a responsibility. Like, it's, it's not like a right. You don't have a right to the throne. You have to take care of the city. All of this... Um, while Dara is having his own internal, internal kind of memories about, um, being summoned to the Nahid council, he's like the five words that changed my life. You've been summoned, you know, by the Nahids or whatever, um, to go to Kwaizi. So he's always, he still has this like deep pit of guilt about Kwaizi, obviously, rightfully so. Um, but he is, Still thinking about that, overhearing Maniza and Kave talk about fucking removing the priesthood, which is just like kind of ballsy, kind of ballsy. And it's one of the things of the internal dialogue that Dara has where he's like, mm, Maniza, what does he say? Something along the lines of like, Maniza needed advisors who told her what she didn't always wanted to hear. So she needed people to kind of like keep her in check. But Maniza isn't that person. She wants a bunch, which is great because she was talking with it with Kaveh because Kaveh won't say no to her. So she's going to, you know, get gassed up all the time. And Dara's starting to realize maybe she needs some people to kind of to, to question and push back on her. Um, all that being said, Dara's also lying to himself in a way that he's creating this narrative of like, oh, I'm doing my actions, I'm killing people, I'm doing this, that, the other thing, because I have to think the people that I'm harming are bad people. Otherwise, I couldn't live with myself. I'm like, that still means you're not doing a great thing. Yeah, that that's that's not... Unless I it's mean, like vigilante shit, but like, that's not what this is. Yeah, yeah, it's like just following orders, my guy, you know, mm-hmm. That that yeah you know, that doesn't that doesn't hold up that doesn't hold up. Um, all of this though is to the arrival of Akiza with Zainab's message. I I love this right like uh, Kaveh's there and Cartier has left and Dara's there and all of a sudden it's like uh, Manaza I tried to stop her but this woman is here and it's Akiza and Akiza's like this woman has a name the princess has a name Zainab has a message. And the message is, hey, I returned all your people that were stuck behind my enemy lines. Here you go. Here's your people. We've been very generous. Um, BT Dubs, I have Ertemez. Dara, Dara, I have Ertemez. And, um, you know, let's go. Let's go. Let's do an even exchange. Fuck, fuck the Afshin. And Manizet does not give up. Dara. Um, but she does say that, Dara, you need to start training more women for the army. It doesn't matter that we are low. Start training women. But then Maniza's like, hey, I have to go work with Ashma. And Dara's like, what the fuck are you doing with Ashma? And she's like, it's complicated. But she's been working with the Ifrit since, like, the first, like, how is... I get it. I get it. Dara's not a smart man. But, like, how are you not piecing these things together? Why aren't you still asking the question, why are you still working with the Ifrit? Yeah. Yeah. Why? 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 Uh, why? 
can Ali not tell Nari that he has fallen completely in love with her on this fucking Faluka? I love, I love that Ali just stares at her with the pom- like pomegranate skin, right? Like that he's t- like fantasizing about her hair, and he's just so completely in love with her that he doesn't know what to do. So he starts spilling secrets. That like it. That's so in character, Ali. I love that even at the end of the book, he's like, uh, like you said, it's in character. And he's like, so funny enough, you know how we like, I'm really bad at things. I'm bad at timing and really awkward. So here, just, just to add fuel to the fire, I'm going to tell you a whole other awkward thing. And she was just like, yes, I don't even need to know. And again, we'll get to that later in the episode or maybe part two, which is inevitable at this point. Um, but it's very much a, I, I don't even care what the answer is. The question was, it's a yes. Sure, whatever you're going to say. We're going for it. Yeah, it's like, whatever, whatever. Uh, so Ali, Ali's like, oh my God, oh my God. Okay, okay, you wanted to hear about secrets. I'm in love with you. I can't tell you that secret. How about there is a crypt of your dead family members under the palace? How about the Marid changed me? How about um, Zadie Al-Katani and the Marid work together to overflow, overthrow the Nahid Council? And uh, that's why we never betray the Iyanle. Like, how about all of these secrets, Nari? Except, except that I'm in love with you. <laughs> Sweet man. He's so sweet. He's so sweet. All the while, he's like, she'll never love me. She's, you know, the people love her. She's been with my brother, who's a like, who is basically heir to the throne, and I'm just a virgin. Like, he thinks, like, that's his biggest thing. Like, I'm just this awkward virgin. She'll never want me. Meanwhile, Nari's like, damn, the water dripping off his waist wrap. Like, she's like, mm. or even, or when she, he was in a coma and she was just like, Nari, or she's like, Ali, there's a woman holding your hand, laying next to you. You have to wake up. Like, she's just like teasing and taunting him, knowing things that'll get him riled up because she's, uh, She's so she's just as in love with him. And then you have Ali even being like, I, you know, this is a sin. But like, so is thinking about my brother's wife. So like, here we are. Is it really that? (laughs) Well, and then the whole like well-formed conversation they have. And and he throws it back at her. He goes, I don't know. Maybe my well-formed body will distract (laughs) She's like, oh my god! Oh, oh my you're god. not gonna let me live that down. And then they were like, change the subject, change the subject, just talk about anything. And they're like, the sky is blue. How about that? And she's like, what a blue sky we're having. It's so cute. I love them. This is like the definition of a slow burn, and they slow burn so hard on this river. It is so amazing. <laughs> I love it. Um, but this is also again where Ali says, like, I don't think the Marid meant to like give me powers and like take me and all of this stuff uh i think they said i was a mistake so fun that won't have any consequences later on (laughs) just putting it out there and that's why because like even later in the book where they're where they're like wait the mara did affect me i'm reading it this like i thought we knew this did nobody did nobody think we knew this like, come on, come on. What, what did you think was happening? He was like, I can use water power, but I can't. I can't conjure my flame, but I can do this other thing, but it hurts. Like, 
so when he he accepted it, I was just so confused. Like, wait, what's? I thought we knew this. It's like, uh, but but that's another part. It's like I think we knew this. A lot of stuff is internal, right? Like, so right. it's not being expressed, and you know, we we've had a whole conversation about that. Um, now Dara. Dara is fucking fed up with Maniza. He's going to go get Ertemis. He's going to go get her from the hospital. And he does do that. And he gets fucking shot. He gets shot. And then he meets uh, Supa and Elashia and Razu and Ishu. And my goodness, th- this whole scene. And this is how he finds out that Zainab is still alive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah, because like all of this stuff, all of this stuff. Uh, this is where um, he he finds his ring. He finds his ring there. Uh, he is basically dying from the gunshot and the iron poisoning. So he doesn't get out of the hospital part with um, Razu and Alashia until two days later, he stumbles out of there. He has to hide in garbage and like hide in carts uh, to get back to the palace. But this is where the freed, I say this, the freed slaves um, cut a deal with Dara, who's also, you know, a slave, to get um, Isa to Dimitri because he is not doing well um, ever since the takeover. So, uh, they're like, look, I will save your life. I will cut that out of you. It'll hurt like shit because nobody has magic, but it is what it is. Um, uh, but you are going to enchant this big cauldron to zoom him away to Dimitri because he cannot be here. And that is our price. Dara's like, yeah, but OK, I'll do that. And then uh, he gets fucking demoted by Maniza when he gets back to the palace. Maniza's like, mm, OK. I will stitch you up, but like, you're done. You're out of court. You're out of my life. You're leading the army. That's it. Uh, they are basically broken here. Yeah, they're on the outs. And it was interesting because this was a part that I reread. Um, just because the way she positioned it, she tried to be like, Oh no, you're totally welcome back. You're doing such a good job that like, you don't even have to have a hand in anything anymore. And he's like, what? That, that's not, that doesn't sound that like a promotion. And that's why, and when you go, he took, he stripped, she stripped all his power away. And then he goes, uh, he, he says a comment. He's like, Oh, I'm, I'm no longer favored. I'm out of favor is what he, he says. Um, because this is also the time his, she's like, well, while you were gone, did you find out any information? And he, this is the part where he's also starting to realize. Manisa isn't as good as I thought she was going to be. And she really doesn't have Devabots or my, like, best interest at heart. So he withholds the information that he's, he know he saw Zainab, knows she's alive, and isn't going to share that he helped Issa. Yeah. And, you know, I like when Dara starts to think a little bit, and this is where his gears start to turn a little bit. Um, but it does just take him like so fucking long to do anything. It's just, <laughs> it's so frustrating. It is so frustrating. Um, I did not expect to see Kandisha again on the river with Ali and Nari. I wasn't expecting it at all, but I am on Appalachia TikTok. So I know that you do not respond to a wailing scream in the middle of the night uh, 
on the water or near woods. It's just not something that you do. Um, and Nari's like, no, 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 whatever this is, no. And Ali's like, but, but maybe they need help. No, no. And, uh, all, all very scary because this is right after Ali has accepted, like, just like you said, like, accepted kind of, uh, what is going on. And the ring has, um, I guess kind of settled into his heart a little bit more. And this is where he gets the seal on his face and he's able to, um, drop, uh, the seal and Nari can use her magic for a little bit here. And this is where it's like, Oh, he, um, Ali's like, Oh, 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 it's like, yeah, but he doesn't know how he did it. Nari has to like touch him to do it. <laughs> it's like this whole complicated, like you touch here and I'll touch here. And then we touch up here and <laughs> yay magic. Um, but, 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 um, Candisha, Candisha and, uh, and Sobek. I don't know. I love the Egyptian Sobek, obviously. Um, Egypt was my hyperfixation as a child. This version of him is very scary and reminded me of some characters from Soul of the Deep. Oh, yes. I had to like process Soul of the Deep, the book. Um, yeah, I mean, I the the narrator does such a wonderful job where you're creeped out by Sobek, and you also don't know where he aligns because it's very, um, I don't want to say it's self centered, but this part particularly where he's essentially saving Nari and Ali from Kadisha, you're like, wait. So whose side are we on? Are we here? Are we there? We know that Sobek has rescued Nari when she was a baby, but we also know that he's not exactly in favor of Ali, and that's probably has to do more with like the Marid spirit. So this whole thing was very on the edge of your seat because it was so bad because there, there, there's, there's a, a fight going on because. Uh, Nari is getting kidnapped in a way. She basically drowns. And even when Ali brings her back to life, he's like, I felt like I pulled the water out of her. And that would be coming from his like Marid powers that happened from book one that he received. Yeah. And the uh, Sobek comes out as like a giant crocodile that turns into a man. And Ali's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Um, because Sobek yells at Candisha and uses her true name and is like, Hey, get the fuck up out of my lands. What are you on about? Like, this is, these are my people. These are my people. Leave me the fuck alone. Leave all of them alone. And then Ali's like, Oh my God. Cool. Cool. We're safe. And Sobek's like, who? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and he starts going after Ali. He's like, uh, do you know who I am? No, then you need to leave. Um, you know, I made a promise, all, all of this stuff. And then, and then he's like, that's the ring. You have a Nahid the Conqueror's ring. It's like, the price has been paid. The price is paid. All right, cool, 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 cool. Save Nari. We get some memories here. Um, and Ali is like, hey, 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 will you take us to Dimitri? <laughs> River man, river crocodile man. Can we go to Dimitri? And Sobek is like, bet, bet. And I like that. 
I like it. And this, you know what? And this is, we're also getting more background, like, yes, the memories, but you also have Sobek telling Ollie as long, what, and I even noted, I go, uh, Sobek says, you will never have full use of your powers with that ring in your heart. So that is another foreshadowing moment that the ring needs to be removed from the heart. Um, and I like that it's kind of danced around that nobody's saying how. Again, looking back at my notes, I'm sure with the reread, you're like, duh, he wasn't going to die. But when we know from book two that Ghassan was killed and had the ring removed, it's a moment where you're thinking, oh my gosh, the only way to remove the ring is through death. So, like, that's its own little, when people are hearing about the ring being removed, there's this assumption that that means Ollie is dead. And But I guess, like, having that brain surgery was a good precursor to be, like, setting it up, setting it up. Again, sprinkled through, making more sense as we're talking it out. <laughs> it is. It's good. And also sprinkled through this entire book are Nari's memories. And Sobek starts to reveal some to Ali as Ali is, like, carrying, this is nice now, uh, so Nari carried Ali's unconscious body and now Ali is carrying Nari's unconscious body as they walk through the like currents and this very magical realm that Sobek is traveling with Ali too. And he says like, yeah, her family's from Egypt, but they're like all dead. Um, you know, I used to eat brides because I was a god. And this is where Ali starts to really feel disgust towards Sobek. And that is a continued theme um, throughout his plot where he goes to Tiamat. And Tiamat makes him deal with that disgust um, later on. And then uh, Sobek says that Anahid's spell has been broken and he is not going to be there to take back um, Devabod, but that he misses the commun like the communion of minds between all of the Marit and that Sobek has a deep, deep loneliness um, but he still fulfills his bargain and they arrive in Dimitri. We have a very quick Dara chapter where he is speaking with Cartier in the temple in the very be- in the morning where he's sweeping. And their conversation kind of talks about Dara's faith being, you know, rattled. And then Cartier's like, hey, 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 but like you should get Mutadir to help you reunite the city. Like you need we 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 need to work together with Mutadir. And Dara's like, yes. Well, and this is a nice chapter because you have Dara like, oh, my gosh, woe is me. I suck. I'm so sad. And he's like, quit wallowing. Nothing is going to get done. If you want to talk about penance, you have all this time. Do something. And you know how, what you need to do to do something? Like you said, go to Muntadir. You need to talk to a djinn. Oh, look at that. We happen to have a djinn right on staff. Yeah. Being like secluded. And this is where they start, where he's like, hmm, good point. And so he goes to Moon to Deer to kind of say, like, I fucked up. I've kind of been on the wrong team. We should work together because X, Y, and Z, Maniza isn't being or it's doing what she's told me she was going to do. And Moon to Deer is also at this point, like, yes. And then Dar is kind of second guessing himself. And Moon to Deer is like, where do I got to go? Where do I have? I have nothing going on. Why wouldn't I help you at this point? And he's like, good point. Good point. Little do we know. Mujadir has ulterior plans. Uh, back to Ali and Nari. This is where we meet Faiza. 
we meet Faiza with the and as she is indentured at this point. Um and she is Shafit and she is has a boat and a crew and this is Ali. This is the hilarious chapter where Nari is like, Ali, flirt. Try to flirt. <laughs> and and Ali's like, I don't know how to do that. Like what? And then he tries and finds this like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Whatever this is, you're being really obvious. And I like Faiza because this is also another female friendship that we have for Nari because she's just like, nobody knows really that she's part Shafi and the, thing, pe- the people that kind of assume nobody's really confirming. So, and she hasn't admitted to it. She goes, you know what? Like, this is the person that she's going to admit it to. She's like, it's exhausting trying to hide this secret. Yeah. Yeah. She can't. She just, she can't. And then um, this is where <laughs> they, they have a mutiny. Ali and Nari strike a mutiny fast. They were ready. <laughs> uh in my opinion, and he calls the water and they escape and uh, everybody's on the boat. And this is where the marred magic really starts to take over Ali. And he starts to like climb into the, into the water and his eyes go black and everybody starts freaking out. And this is where Nari smacks him with an oar and (laughs) knocks him out. And later she's like, I didn't know what to do. I'm sorry. (laughs) Which makes sense because the marred had taken over. Well, you, you're led to think that he's kind of like taking over um, Ali, but Ali's like, I knew who everybody was, but I couldn't move past the control. Um, but I do like when they were like, bring us to the sea, like a command, because he's still unsure about what are these pa- marred powers that he has acquired. He just knows that it's it's kind of there or he can hold his breath really long underwater. But the continuity of understanding what he can do and being brought back by Marid, what that actually means. And it's also here that uh, Faiza learns that Nari is Shafit. And this is the first time that Nari has like said it out loud. And it's kind of a bonding moment that she has with Faiza. And it's nice. Uh, just like you said, another female friendship. And it is jarring then to go from this to Dara fucking a dancing girl at the party that Mutadir put together. I was just like, whoa. Thanks for joining us for part one of The Empire of Gold. Feel free to join us next week for part two. And in the meantime, please feel free to follow us on our socials. We're at Akafe Podcast on Instagram, and we're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye.